0: You're listening to Working Together for Working Families, sponsored by the Pascal Sykes Foundation.
1: Hello, I'm Jackie Edwards. Welcome to the Working Together for Working Families podcast, where we come together to highlight individuals and organizations working to help whole families reach their goals.
2: And I am Rochelle Tadyamoa. We are excited to present part two of this podcast series titled Public Policy in Action, where we are inviting guests to talk about how holistic approaches to working with families has been integrated into government policy. For episode one, Commissioner Christine Norbert Byer of the Department of Children and Families in New Jersey shared how that department is taking a prevention-focused, family-friendly approach to caring for children and their families across the state. Today, we are honored to welcome two exceptional guests working at the federal level with the same focus on meeting the needs of whole families across the country. Carlos V. Williams is the current Administrator for the Department of Health and Human Services, ACF, for the Southeast region, which is comprised of Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, North and South Carolina, and Tennessee. She is based in Atlanta. Recently, she has taken on the national role of Deputy Assistant Secretary of External Affairs. We also welcome Nicole Myers, She is a management and project specialist with the U.S. Administration for Children and Families Office of Regional Operations. She is in Region 2. Ms. Myers is a policy advisor on economic mobility and resilience. Her work supports public and private sector stakeholders across workforce development, human services, public health, and education. Welcome to you both.
0: Well, thank you, Rochelle. Um, This is Carlos. And um, I'm really pleased to be with you today um, because I think the topic is a very important one and uh, will hopefully be beneficial to your your listeners.
2: Mm -hmm. Thank you. And welcome to you, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you, Rochelle and Jackie. It's very good to be here. So why don't we go ahead and just dive right in. Jackie, I'm going to hand it over to you. Okay. Uh,
1: So, Carlos, I want to start with you. The Administration of Children and Family Services is a vast organization with many moving parts. Can you give us the elevator speech version of what uh, ACF is?
0: Well, thank you, Jackie. Um, ACF, uh, the Administration for Children and Families, is one of 12 operating divisions within the United States Federal Department of Health and Human Services, which is, I think, either number one or number two largest federal organization uh, in the country. Uh, And we're kind of the human services side of health and human services. Uh, We administer more than 60 programs with a budget of more than $62 billion, making it the second largest agency within HHS or health and human services. Um, ACF's mission is to foster by providing Uh, federal leadership, partnership, and resources for uh, compassionate and effective delivery of human services. And we do this through partnerships, uh, funding opportunities, and and we we also provide very critical assistance to vulnerable populations. And we help families to achieve prosperity and independence in our uh, working relationship and partnerships with states, tribes, and territories. We aim to empower families and individuals to increase their economic independence and productivity. We encourage strong and healthy supportive communities and we create partnerships with frontline service providers, states, localities, tribal communities to identify and implement solutions that transcend traditional program boundaries. So at ACF, we also intend to do our part to build a more just and equitable nation with systems that treat everyone with fairness. That's why race equity, for instance, is a priority of our agency and addressing race equity is an essential step in sparking meaningful societal
1: change. That's great. That's amazing. I knew that it had a lot of moving parts, but that's really (laughs) some good, good information. Nicole, you represent a region of ACF Can you briefly tell us um, how your region is connected to the broader um, ACF administration?
2: So I work in the Office of Regional Operations within the regional office. For ACF, we have a headquarters and we have 10 regional offices. We are positioned in region two. Region two covers the jurisdictions of New York, New Jersey, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands. And in ORO, which is the Office of Regional Operations, ORO responds and adapts to ACF, HHS, and the administration's priorities. We also provide contextual understanding of the region and the states to help inform the policies that fall under ACF. The regional administrators, who are also positioned in our regions, represent the assistant secretary in the regions in their communications with the states, with the commissioners and uh, other stakeholders that are focused on human service deliveries. We also partner with federal partners and state partners. Thank you both. You've given us an idea of your geographic locations and how vast those agencies are. Uh, Let's get into a little bit more detail about what you do. On our last uh, podcast episode, as I mentioned, we sat down with the um, Commissioner for the Department of uh, Children and Families for the state of New Jersey. And during that conversation, uh, we talked a lot about the importance of including family voice in the work that that department does. So this question is for either of you. Uh, Can you maybe one, talk about how you incorporate family voice and what you do, and also, Give us a sense of how you, I think you just mentioned it, Nicole, but how do you collaborate with um, at the state level, for example? Uh, Primary prevention, economic mobility, uh, race equity initiatives, you know, are tended to promote the integration of human service delivery into a human-centered and outcome-focused design with the goal of empowering families. And one of the ways that we do that is through promoting the importance of putting families at the center, which is the basis of what Family Voice is all about. The importance of developing a deep understanding of individuals with lived experiences, identifying their pain um, pain points and designing services to meet their needs can't be understated. And so ACS strongly encourages Uh, All human service agencies, including child welfare agencies and courts and child support enforcement agencies, uh, Office of Family Assistance, Head Start, all of those stakeholders into working collaboratively to prioritize family needs and build systems and adopt approaches that strengthen families.
0: And we're very much uh, in tune with the needs and challenges that states and tribes and territories face. And we are also their thought partners around these issues and challenges. Uh, And we provide a a venue for peer-to-peer learning and whatnot in order to uh, facilitate them moving their agendas forward, as well as us promoting the priorities and initiatives of the current administration.
2: And if I can just add one little thing, the Office of Family, Voice, which we're very, very proud of, is an example of state level work that we very often promote nationally. We've convened meetings, peer-to-peer learning um, opportunities. For instance, we uh, convened a meeting with Commissioner Beyer and her team with another state, another um, child welfare state agency so that they could share learned lessons and offer guidance to each other about how best to implement family strengthening practices. So over the years, ACF has expressed its commitment
1: to meeting families where they are, and it's evidenced by what is called the Continuum of Service Model. And I know you guys just spoke about family voice. So this Continuum of Service Model, can you explain what that means and how that model helps whole families?
0: Uh, The model is one, actually, that uh, emanated from uh, conversations and work with the commissioners and secretaries in region four in the southeastern part of the country a number of years, ago, four or five years, five or six years ago, actually. And basically it's it, it came from them, the state saying, you know, we really want to do better for families. We, we know our systems, the way they're currently developed may not provide uh, a structure that really looks at the whole family. And we think that there are a lot of federal laws that keep us from, from doing that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I got with my partners, uh, federal partners from the Food Nutrition Services that are responsible for the SNAP or Food Stamp Program and Department of Labor Employment and Training. And we went out and we visited um, two states, Alabama and uh, Mississippi. Uh, Those are the two that were asking for this more vocally. (laughs) They're more vocal than the others. And basically what we came up with was helping them to understand what they can and couldn't do and things they could do that they thought they couldn't do. So we helped explain the the regulations and and the laws and the rules uh, so that they could better make adjustments to to do what they wanted to do. But, uh, and in the course of all of that came up with uh, this model that we've been talking to states about uh, implementing to look at the whole family, to look at uh, integrated assessments, because you know, a family goes to one program; they have to do an assessment. They go to another program; they have to do an assessment. So we <laughs> were saying, okay, why, why don't you at the state level integrate this? You can do this, you know. Change the uh, your questions, your assessment questions, so that they fit all three of the programs in some way, uh, so that you know you're working together. Look at a system that that's a that can be a continuum uh, that not just looks at what happens when you first enter the door uh, as a family, but what's your end goal. What is your end goal? And then help and assist that family to work towards that end goal with real intentionality. And I think that's the main key to to this. And it's it's just a a kind of a 12 component model that um, we've talked to states about, other states about, uh, and some have implemented it. And, And we always say, you don't have to implement all 12 pieces, all 12 components but take a look at what it is you're trying to do and do any of these ideas and suggestions or components fit in such a way that will make what you're trying to do get done in a better way. Right. And so think- a number of states have done that.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's great I think because you know, some of the departments that you talked about, you know, you touch people, families in those departments and they should be speaking to families and family. It's hard when family are trying to navigate, you know, the systems, they have to go fill out paperwork here. And, and if those mm-hmm. systems talk to each other, you that continuum is so important. Um, Nicole, can you share a practical example of how that's
2: being done at the regional level? Absolutely, Jackie. Uh, I'm gonna talk about Puerto Rico. So Puerto Rico experienced historic and unprecedented disasters since 2017, actually. The impact of Hurricane Irma and Maria in 2017, and then after that, they had unprecedented uh, earthquakes. In 2019, over 9,000 earthquakes hit Puerto Rico, uh, some which included the strongest earthquakes the islands had felt in 100 years. And then on top of that, coronavirus outbreak in 2020. So this series of events caused significant damage to the infrastructure, the, the economy, and for families. And recovery was further compromised by a few mitigating factors. Out-migration, because those families and individuals who were able to leave the island and come stateside did. And with them, they took the skill sets. And the the resources, the financial resources that they had, which caused a significant labor shortage and also skill gaps across uh, particular skills across the the Commonwealth, which really crippled two industries, as you can imagine, construction and uh, health. We, ACF, conducted this environmental scan and we found that the labor shortage uh, would require the Commonwealth to import labor stateside, and that could have a significant impact on the expenses to the economy, but also stress the infrastructure, right? Because you have new demand, new people coming in with new demands. But it also still continues to leave the, the skill sets with a gap, because once that population of uh, skill sets come in and, and do the repairs, they leave. And so the infrastructure is then dependent on there not being another disaster, for example. The environmental scan also found that Puerto Rico has, according to the census, about 44% of its population in poverty or, or living below the poverty line, which basically means that uh, about one percent four million people potentially touch ACF programs across the Commonwealth. We learned that the Puerto Rico Department of Family, which really is where most of our funding is, that they were disconnected from recovery focused employment opportunities. And that there was a bright light in all of this despair for lack of a better word. And that was that there were unprecedented resources also allocated to Puerto Rico billions of dollars in recovery as we headed to Puerto Rico, which represented an opportunity to deliver a real and perhaps generational impact for families. So we met very similar to what regional administrator Carlos Williams talked about with uh, Mississippi. We met with the, our federal partners at the Department of Labor. And thought about a new way to tap into the recovery-focused dollars and use those dollars to meet some of our ACF program participants' needs. We came up with a plan to start small scale and look at the TANF families and connect those TANF families, build a bridge to the American job centers and opportunities for them to receive training in recovery-focused construction or in the health industry. Uh, we developed a concept paper. We shared it with the secretaries, the governor, the legislators. They all loved it. I thought it was a great way to really help those families that they felt were most in need of supports. We provide them actually with funding for child support, for child care, for uh, child welfare, and so we looked at taking a, a small pilot location focusing in on a particular number of families, building wraparound services for families through partnerships, both at the federal level and the state level to create opportunities, training opportunities and employment opportunities that really landed in some uh, real career pathways and sustainable pathways for families and latching with the other supports programs that are operated under the Department of Health pulling in the child supports and the TANF dollars or child welfare, dollars, whatever dollars we needed to really be able to comprehensively provide a plan informed by what the the families asked for that really met their needs and helped them along the pathway.
1: So what I'm hearing is you were looking at the immediate needs and then long term recovery
2: as well. Right. Absolutely. So, and we're at the stage now where we're looking at private public partnerships. We identified a potential partner through Kresge Foundation who has a focus on strengthening human service ecosystem and accelerating social and economic mobility using racial equity lens. So, you know, we're really excited about that. Thank you, Nicole. So, as we've said, the topic of this series that we've done is on public policy in action. And when you think about public policy, it's more like a concept or a model or practice has become institutionalized. So, you know, the Pascal Sykes Foundation, we are, you know, a strong champion of the whole family approach. And it's really about, as you mentioned, Nicole, with uh, the Puerto Rico example, listening to families, letting them take the lead. They are basically setting their own goals. And it's also about, you know, breaking down some of the silos where you're not just working with the children and you're not just working with the adults, but you're working with that whole family unit, whatever that may be for a particular community. And so I was just wondering, you know, Carlos, since you sort of work at the national level, are there examples of where this whole family approach, I mean, similar to what Nicole just described in Puerto Rico, but are there examples of how this has happened or how, has there been any policy change at the federal level that has really been incorporated or institutionalized into our um, policies?
0: Right. Um, the, uh, at ACF, we are definitely embedding, have been embedding that whole two-gen approach, which is what it was called a few years back. Uh, and now we call it whole family approach, which is basically the same thing. It's becoming embedded in the work that we do across our programs. Uh, as Nicole mentioned, we have we have a lot of programs. The primary programs, though, for vulnerable families and children are Temporary Assistance to Needy Families. You know, it's Child Welfare, it's Head Start, Child Care, Child Support Enforcement. We do runaway and homeless youth. We also uh, work. Uh, we have an administration for Native Americans. And we also have priorities and initiatives that look at the conditions of families. Human trafficking, um, we do emergency preparedness and response, the human services side of that. We work very closely with FEMA around. And so, you know, we we have in the work that we do, we work to help educate states and, and other jurisdictions to really look at you know, what types of services are you providing and how are you providing them that impact the whole family? We work in partnership with foundations who are interested in this path uh, as well, as and also with other community organizations to make sure that we're uh, developing some of the regulations that we do to make sure we're working with the whole families, such as our, our relative care organizations, that re- relative care policies that work with families to take in children of their uh, families who are going into the child welfare welfare system. Uh, We have begun with our whole equity initiative uh, at ACF to make sure that we're including client voices, talking to clients, folks that are actually accessing these services and asking them, what is it that, that works for you? What doesn't work for you? How can we do better? We're listening to them. Uh, we're going to be coming out and depending on when this podcast is actually sh- uh, broadcast, um, we're going to have, uh, we may have already done a call to action, informational memorandum to all of our partners nationwide around race equity and what that means and how it looks and what we at ACF are going to be doing to make sure we're addressing the inequities that are inherent in some of our, the very programs that we administer and understanding that that those issues Uh, compound the, the problems and challenges that the families have. So when you speak about that, we, as far as public policy goes, we are making changes in the way that the language inside of our grant that come out, the language, what it looks like, what we're going to be telling folks, and our funding opportunities, the language will be changed so that folks will begin to think about and look at how, if they're going to operate with us and work with us, what are you going to be doing to um, to make sure equity is in place and make sure you're hearing the voice of the folks that are being impacted. So at ACF, we are building those things into uh, all, of the, all of the programs for the most part across our agency in order to, to address that.
1: So, Carlos, you know, you're talking about the whole family approach around incorporating it into policy and when you're talking about race equity and equity across the board, and you mentioned that you the administration does give out grant to advance, it sounds like the whole family approach work collectively. Can you or either Nicole share about some of the grants that you you have made that is working around the whole family approach?
0: We really don't make grants around the whole family approach. We provide funding to states and territories and tribes for them to administer these 60 programs, you know, whatever program services they're providing. And what we're doing is we're saying to them, we are the ones who are providing the funding for you to administer, say for example, the child welfare program. You need to make sure that you're administering it through a, a equity lens. You need to consider the whole family when you're dealing with, with these families with children that are in care. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you talk about temporary assistance for needy families, it's not just the mom or dad that's coming in asking for, for help and assistance. You also need to understand the, the, the environment, the context from which they're, they're coming in order to provide these services. And we're saying in our funding to you, take a look at that. You need to maybe make some adjustments and changes. So at this point in time, we're not uh, doing specific funding for whole family approaches, but we are telling our, the folks who receive our funding that they need to be looking at how they're providing those services through these different lenses that they haven't been before.
1: Thank you for clarifying that mm-hmm. and actually really getting a better understanding of how those important services that your administration offers support the entire family. Mm-hmm. I think that is so important to, you know, because when people hear 2 gen approach and then you're thinking, how do I do this? How do I make this work? When And your services really help to support families around that whole approach. So I right. appreciate that you clarifying that for us.
0: No problem. And one thing I would like to mention this whole idea around 2Gen, it's been around for years. Sure. And it's certainly the whole model that Head Start is built on, working with the children and the families. So it's not new, but mm-hmm. it's becoming embedded across a number of programs. And not just in, in ACF. I mean, we're looking at changes being made in HHS programs, the health, on the health services side, the mental health mm-hmm. side. With this administration, with the Biden-Harris administration, they are really focused in on federal agencies looking at the safety net systems and our society through different eyes. Um, sure. That includes racial, you know, equity. Looking at the entire family so that you can provide services that they can, so that they can get out of the safety net system and not come back in. Neither them nor their to really address intergenerational poverty. So that's exciting. For it us. is.
1: It sounds mm-hmm. exciting. In the housing component of that as well is yes. really important as well. You know, it's great.
2: Carlos, you mentioned uh-huh. previously about uh, working in partnership, especially with um, philanthropists. And so we were just wondering if you could share with us who are some of your other primary partners that are working in tandem with you to get some of your issues across. Um, that you care about at ACF,
0: um, we work with associations. For instance, APHSA. We work with um, uh, and and we meet with them, and and other associations, uh, National Association for Counties and National uh, Council on um, uh, State Legislators. I mean so. We work with a lot of associations and and groups. We also work with philanthropy. If you know, depending on what they're interested in, you know, they'll come to us and, and let us know. You know, well, for instance, we've done a, a project for the last uh, several years in Region One, uh, which is the northeastern part of the country, uh, the six states up there. Around again, the whole approach to jobs and employment, and it's been supported by the Kellogg Foundation. And uh, also in Region Four, they're working with us around peer learning communities, that where we're bringing states together. We've always done it in the past, but now we're trying to do it in a more formalized way around specific topic areas that address and is are inclusive of whole family approaches, as well as economic mobility uh, and equity. So many foundations, you know, depending on what their Goals are, you know, what direction they're headed in, can work with us and do work with us in the regions, not necessarily nationally, but there might be regional connections. Uh, For instance, um, you all have been doing this whole family approaches to work. Uh, And I know working uh, closely with ACF in region two around some of this, some of these activities. And so, you know, foundations that are community foundations in certain states or certain cities, you know, it just kind of depends on what what's happening in that geographic area, who's willing to come together to talk about addressing some of the challenges, and putting our heads together to make something work.
2: So, Nicole, did you want to follow up with any uh, partners that you work with um, at the Region 2 level? Well, you know, uh, Carlos has already mentioned Pascal Sykes Foundation. You have been phenomenal partners over the years. You know, being a thought partner with you on whole family approaches and the convenings that we've had both around whole families, but really then digging into content areas like the partnership that we had with you around the child care listening sessions, as an example. But not only build a um, an environment that allowed the parents to have a voice in the discussions, but the child care providers had were there as well. We had philanthropic partners there. We had state departments across several of the departments. I believe the Department of Labor was there, Department of Education, Department of Human Services, Child Development, I mean, Child Department of Children and Families were all there. We were all at the table and we were really able to have an opportunity to hear each other's perspectives and use information from that to inform policies. And that actually happened. It happened for us in Region 2. You were our phenomenal partners, but that actually happened across the nation. Thank you. One of the things I think that this conversation has done is really provided our listeners with an opportunity to really hear firsthand about what happens at the federal level, because in some ways it can be mysterious, I think, especially when there are, you know, nonprofits working on the ground the day-to-day, the work that's happening at the federal level can feel so distant. But I just wanted to open it up, you know, one last time, if you had any one last thing that you wanted to share uh, with our listeners um, at this point.
0: Thank you, um, uh, Michelle. I just want to uh, just reiterate the fact that the administration for children and families under the Biden-Harris administration, we're really committed to the whole family, to whole family welfare. Uh, we are committed to working with states as they grapple with many of the challenges uh, that they're, that they face every day. And as they, you know, we've seen a lot of funding come out, the American Rescue Plan funding, the child care funding. We're we're still waiting on to see if the bill back better legislation is going to pass. We don't know, but uh, states have to operationalize around this, and uh, it's it's a huge undertaking. Uh, but we're you know they're in support of the work that they have to do, and for families that we serve, the importance of family voice and all that we do in the the way that we we make policy. Uh, the way that it's implemented, how we monitor to make sure it's happening. All of those are important aspects of the work that we do and uh, continue to to do under this administration. And um, we're just, as I said earlier, we're really pleased that um, the the focus on the family, um, the whole family, this family voice, looking at economic mobility, really looking at how families can be supported to self-sufficiency in ways that maybe we haven't done before is um, is is what we do.
2: Thank you. And if I, I could just piggyback on what uh, Carlos already mentioned, you know, really focusing, having an opportunity to be intentional with the mm-hmm. connections. You know, we talked before about the fact that we have lots of funding. We don't have two general whole family funding, but we have funding through all of our programs and being in mm-hmm. an about making those connections for families is critically important mm-hmm. you know, about like Head Start, connecting Head Start directly to employment opportunities um, so that families feel their children are self, Head Start or childcare, families, when they feel that their children are safe, they're able to better perform at work as um, an example, connecting it with colleges, um, mm-hmm. Secondary opportunities, even mental health services—you know, whatever it is, whatever the goals are that the family has in place—being able to make those connections and weaving it in a way that it's real and um, achievable for families is critically important.
0: And I tell my staff all the time uh, when we're working with with our states and other partners that the three things that I think are really critical to being successful—if you really want to get something done for real. Sometimes that's questionable, right? But if you really wanna get something done and make changes for families, that you need to be intentional for sure. You need to be inclusive and you need to be innovative in your approaches. So those are my three I's that I tell my staff to always keep that in mind as they're working through some of the projects that that we embark on.
2: Thank you both for sharing with us the important and often complex work that you are doing regionally, and nationally. To learn more about Nicole Myers or Carlos Williams, please see their full bios in the episode summary. Please stay tuned for the next episode where we will discuss the importance of public transportation for families. Thank you.
0: Working Together for Working Families, sponsored by the Pascal Sykes Foundation, is published monthly. You can follow this
2: podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about the whole family approach visit our website wholefamilyapproach.org